Welcome to All Things Sleep and Parenting. I'm Pam. And I'm Elisa. We are holistic infant and child sleep consultants with a background in early childhood education. And we're the founders of Restful Parenting. And I'm Heidi. I'm also an early childhood educator and the owner of Blossom Early Learning. Join us as we chat all things sleep, parenting, development, and everything in between. Be sure to hit subscribe and share with your friends and family. Hello, hello, and welcome back to this week's episode. As always, I have Elisa. Hello. And we are chatting today about, go for it, Elisa, what are we chatting about? We are talking about separation anxiety when parents are leaving the house. Mm-hmm. And this is more so for our, you know, older babies, toddlers, because uh, we're going to be chatting through a lot of the response that we can offer, how we're going to kind of leave the house, some tips there. We also have our separation anxiety podcast that we already have for our little guys that have some great strategies in there. So be sure to listen to that one as well. But let's jump into this week's episode. All right. So picture this, you're leaving the house and your little one is crying. They're crying most of the time when you're gone. They're just upset that you have left because let's face it, we haven't really been leaving that often for the last two years. Some babies have been inside with their parents for the whole two years or most of the two years and haven't really been left with anybody. So we have been seeing a lot of posts lately about parents leaving the home and the little ones being upset. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the, these little ones are upset the whole entire time. I just saw a post the other day about a mom who had left and was gone for about three hours, I believe. And her baby around 10, 11 months, I believe the baby was just cried the whole entire time with um, the dad. And that's so hard because you your heart goes out for the baby and then heart goes out for dad and then heart goes out for mom. Because it's a hard stage to, to get through and knowing how you're responding. Is this helping? Is it causing it to continue? So there's all those little tweaks that we want to be able to go through and really see how we can make it as easy as possible. It is age appropriate. We do expect that they're going to have some upset when we leave. That's, that's going to come and go as they kind of go through these different phases. But what we're seeing right now seems to be our COVID babies who haven't really left the house, but now parents are leaving. One parent is leaving, leaving them with the other one, potentially with providers or an in-home nanny. And it's not going as smoothly as they would like. And first, I just want to say this in a situation where it's one parent leaving the home and the other parent is with the, the little one and the little one is upset. It has nothing to do with how they feel about the parent that they're at home with. They still love that parent. I know that it can feel personal when you're in the moment and your baby is crying with you, but really take this note that it is not that your little one does not like you. It has nothing to do with your bond with your baby or toddler. It is that they are going through separation anxiety. They're going through a developmental phase. And if they haven't been left very frequently or this is their first time or second time, then they're just, they need the time to adjust to this. Absolutely. One of the biggest things when we are helping babies and toddlers and preschoolers adjust to 
to new changes is giving them the time to adjust. And if they haven't had the opportunity before, this is an expected response. Hey, my you know primary provider is gone. What's going on? When are they coming back? Who's this? You know, if it's not the other parent, there's all these things that are kind of going through their mind. They just have to get used to it. So our very first tip is going to be, if you can start small, try and keep it short. You know, if your little one's really struggling, do a, you know, 20, 30 minute round trip to the coffee shop and pick up a coffee and sit in your car and read for 15 minutes and then head back home or, you know, run to the grocery store quickly and then come back. But we want to try and start small and that's going to help your little one adjust. And then that's going to help the whoever's home with them. It doesn't seem as long as a three or six hour or 12 hour journey. See it as practice. The more you practice, the more comfortable they are going to become with this new thing that is happening. Same with everything parenting related. The more exposure they get to it, the more they are going to become comfortable. But starting small is absolutely key because then it's just a sh- it's shorter little bursts of time so that you're not planning your first outing being a three hour outing to the mall or something. It's a quick one. And then you can see how baby reacted and go from there. Our second tip here when it comes to leaving is always saying goodbye. Try not to sneak out. And this goes across the board, whether you're dropping them off in childcare, whether you're leaving them with grandparents, whether you're leaving the house, you always want to say goodbye. They, it can break the trust if, if they kind of look down and get distracted and then they look up and now you're gone where are you? What happened? What's going to, what's going on? So the next time this happens, they're not going to want to let go. They're going to stay clinging to you because last time I looked down, then you were gone. So I'm not letting go of you this time. We really want to make it clear, even if they're upset that you're saying goodbye. Yes. That is probably one of the biggest pieces of this. I know in the moment it feels like, okay, if I just get them engaged in an activity and I sneak away, This is going to help with the level of upset when I leave. But as Pam mentioned, it can actually do the opposite and it can Mm -hmm. make them more upset because every time you put them down to play now, they're going to be suspecting something. They're going to think something is up and they're going to think that you're going to leave. So it creates them to become more anxious and the separation anxiety becomes more because they are constantly thinking that when you engage them in an activity, you're going to leave or you're going to go somewhere. So even if you're just going to get a glass of water, they are thinking, oh, are you leaving altogether? So it's really important to always say goodbye. And don't worry if you have been sneaking away up to this point, you can always just turn that around now and start as of now, always saying goodbye when you leave. So the third tip that we're going to use here is your language, keeping your sentences repetitive, making it so that it's something that they can repeat back to you. So depending on your little one's, you know, language, but we're keeping it simple. So if you're going to the store, I'm going to the store, I will be right back. I'm going for coffee, I will be right back. So it's always, I'm going, you're letting them know where you're going. If you can, I'm going out, I will be back. But, and then we're always saying, I'll be back. And you'll hear this in our previous episode as well is that repetitive phrase. Now, when you come home, you're like, I'm back. I went to the store and I'm back now. So as you scoop them up and give them that hug, you're using those phrases again. So then 
next time you leave, they're like, oh, there's that word. I'm back. I remember last time they came into the house, scooped me up. I'm back. So now those words are starting to make a connection. So when you say I'm going to the store, I'm coming back. I'll be right back. Okay. That's right. They're going to come right back. And then now we're reducing that anxiety. Perfect. The next tip is our response when we are leaving and when we are coming back. This is super important. We want to take note of how we are responding so that we can see if we are adding to that separation anxiety with our response. And we want to be really mindful that we're not. So scenarios of this could be if you are leaving and you're lingering, let's say you you tell them, I'm going to the store, I'll be back. And then you linger around because they're crying. You go back to them. You give them, you know, the third hug before you leave. Then you start to walk away again and they cry. And then you go back to them and give them the fourth hug. Then what's going to happen is that anxiety is just continuing to build in them. And they're really unsure of what's happening at this point. You said you were going to leave, but then you keep coming back. And then that can actually add to their anxiety, non-intentional for us, but that can be adding to their anxiety because they're just, they don't know what the expectation is at that moment. And the more we linger, the more that anxiety builds, and then they don't have the opportunity to work through it as quickly because that anxiety is just staying there. If you picture a day where you have an interview or a day when you have something big and anxiety provoking or exciting going on, leading up to that can make you feel pretty anxious. But once that test happens and you're sitting down and you're doing that exam or you're in the interview room, that anxiety kind of dwindles a little bit. And then once it's fully over, you're done and your anxiety is way down again. Picture that every time you are saying goodbye to your little one and then lingering, that anxiety is staying there. So when you leave, they have the opportunity to kind of come down from that and start to be able to work through that. It's so true. And like Lisa said, if these are the things that you have been doing, it's okay. This is what parenting is. It's it's finding those little tweaks and going, okay, because it is such a it's such a hard thing when they're, they're crying and they're like, one more hug, one more hug. And you're like, oh, what? you know, I, I need to respond to them. I, I don't want them to feel like I'm abandoning them, That right? We have all that internal talk that just becomes negative. So we do more and more and more when the, the easiest step for them is actually for us to say, here's your last hug. It's time for me to go. Goodbye. I love you. And then out the door, we're keeping it nice and simple. We're keeping those repetitive phrases and we're saying goodbye, but we're keeping it quick and consistent. Yeah. And sometimes that means that you are kind of peeling them off of you and handing them to the person Mm -hmm. that's there. And that's okay. That is not going to damage them. You're not doing it roughly or anything. You're just gently peeling them off passing them to the other person and saying, I love you, goodbye, and then you're leaving from there. So here's where the other response comes in. If if you're at that door and you've peeled them off and you're like, okay, I'm sorry, I'm leaving, and you're crying and they see that to them is like, I, this isn't cool. I should not be left here. I don't think this is okay. Uh, You know, they don't think this is okay because they're obviously upset by it. So they're watching you for that response. Same thing when you come home, when you come back 
if you come home and you run in and before you even take anything off and you scoop them up and you're checking them and you're like, are you okay? Are you okay? Okay, I'm back. I'm back. I'm here. I'm here. And they can feel that anxiety from you. That again is going to build and add to their anxiety because they're like, I wasn't safe. I wasn't okay when I was here. Look at how panicked they are when they come in. So this is now telling me because they're reading our cues. They don't know what's fully going on in all these situations. But if you come in and you're panicked and you're checking to see if they're okay, then they're like, oof, I was not okay. I need to stay with this person at all time. So being very mindful of those responses, keeping yourself calm, making sure that you're, you know, taking your coat and your shoes. Hi, buddy, I'm back. I'm so excited to see you. I missed you. But you're taking your shoes off and then you're bending down and giving them a hug, not scooping them up like you're rescuing them from the most awful situation they've been in. Exactly. That confidence from us is what they are looking for. They are looking to us to see how confident we are. So if the person staying with them isn't confident, then they aren't going to feel confident. If the person leaving isn't confident, then they aren't going to feel confident. It doesn't mean you're not going to have feelings because you are, you absolutely are. It's hard when you're leaving and your child is upset about you leaving It's really hard to do, but just keep it in mind and that internal talk. Just tell yourself they are safe. They are loved. I will be back. And then you leave so that you can, you know, keep your feelings at bay for that moment. And then maybe when you leave, when you exit the door, you're crying, perhaps the first few times. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, if you need to walk away and cry and shed a tear or sit in the car and shed a tear, I mean, ideally not in the driveway where they can see you out the window, maybe pull out and park down the street. But if you need to do that, for sure. But when you're leaving that house, you really want to be projecting that confidence of we've got this kid, we can do this, we can be separated for half an hour, we can do this. And the the shedding of tears may happen mostly when you are leaving them in childcare for the day or when they're starting school. Normally, you don't have as big of feelings when you're just going for a little walk around the block. And that's why it's a great idea to start small. But already as it is, starting childcare is a big step for everybody. So there are already feelings, all sorts of feelings attached to it on your end. So it's okay to have those feelings once you're out the door. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So now that you are gone, what are those tips that we can have for the the person that's staying behind, whether it's the uh, parent, a grandparent, um, a provider, we, we also want to arm them with those same tools that they have in their back pocket so that it's going to help with that transition at home as well, or for the, the ones that are staying back. Yeah. So the first thing you want to do is let them know that you may have to peel your little one off of you and pass them over to them and that you are going to make a faster exit, not that you won't be lingering. So that's a good conversation to have ahead of time. Okay. This is what's going to happen. I'm going to say goodbye. And then I'm going to pass the baby over to you or the child over to you. And then you're going to take over from there and I'm going to go. And that way they know what is happening because when you just kind of like do it on a whim, the person looking after the baby is like, what the heck is going on? Right. (laughs) So having that conversation ahead of time will help the person staying with the baby remain confident as well, because they've been prepared a little bit for what might happen, what could 
how, how it could go when you leave and how it is going to go when you leave. You want to also make sure that you have prepped the person staying with the baby for the importance of letting the baby toddler child offload when you're gone. So again, they have big feelings about the fact that you're leaving. We don't want to suppress those feelings. We want to allow those feelings to come out. So you want to balance some redirection here and there so that you are keeping them busy, which we'll talk about in a second, but also allowing them the time to offload without always trying to distract those feelings from coming out. It's so important if you listen to our crying episode, you'll, you'll see the importance of allowing our children the space to be able to let their feelings out. And these are big feelings. They need to come out. Absolutely. And that can be, you know, Hey, let's go wave out the window and say goodbye. And, you know, yes, there's still going to be those tears, but we're, you know, they're coming back and we're repeating those sentences that they've used as well. They went for coffee. They're going to come back. I know this is so hard. And there's just little sentences like this. You miss them. I know. I see that. And you're just kind of reassuring that you're seeing them. For some toddlers, they'll want to be picked up. Some toddlers won't. So you can stay close. Offer that shoulder for them to be able to vent, tell you that they're upset that the parent has gone or has left and that they are going to feel okay in a little bit, that they are safe with you, that you are able to help them through this. Absolutely. So it may be a shoulder that they're crying on, or it may be a pillow, or it might be the floor. We never know what they are going (laughs) to do when they are upset, but you being close and supporting them with the little bit of validation, but then just sitting quietly close by letting Mm -hmm. them know that you're there and you're listening to their feelings. So I know this is so upsetting for you. I'm right here and I'm listening. And then just sitting there and letting them have their feelings. As Pam mentioned, they may want you to touch them and you'll know because you touch them and they are going to either push you away and try to whack you or they are going to be accepting of your physical touch at that moment. So you just go with what they need in the moment and sit and support them through that offload and that upset. Most of the time, it's a few minutes and then they're ready to move on to something else. It's a few Mm -hmm. minutes of offloading and they can think again and they can go and do something different and they've had the opportunity to let those feelings out so it's going to make the rest of the time a lot more manageable for you and for them absolutely and typically when it comes to big emotions when we're parenting we really don't put a time limit we really want them to just have that offload have that opportunity to get through all of those feelings and and recover from them without using any distractions However, in this circumstance, allowing that offload, giving them the opportunity to offload, but then also having some little distractions, especially if it's a care provider and not necessarily another parent, um, because it can be a little bit harder for care providers. If you're a safe space for your little one to offload, they're going to use that. And for your care provider, having a little more distractions may be helpful in getting your little one to come around to having the care provider there, seeing that they can have fun. It's more of a 
you know, fun 30 minutes versus crying for the full 30 minutes. So distraction isn't our go-to definitely, but in this circumstance, using some distraction after some of that offload can be helpful. Yeah. And that's more like a redirection because you're not saying, oh, oh, stop crying here. Look out the window. You're just keeping them occupied. You're, you're having activities that are keeping them busy so that they can do other things and realize that this other person can be fun as well. And that's the thing you're trying to get them to see that it can be fun, that they can have fun with other people around. They don't need just you to do everything to make everything fun, that they can have fun with others. A perfect thing to do is to get them outside. Yes. Usually outside really changes First of all, there's a change in temperature, which can help with those emotions and that upset as it is. So that change in temperature, but also just getting them outside and seeing nature, seeing everything Mm -hmm. that's outside. A lot of babies and children love to be outside. So I do remember in my childcare days when I used to have a home daycare, when I had a new child joining me, I would plan walks first thing in the morning. I mean, we always got out first thing in the morning anyways, but I would be planning walks for first thing when that new baby would get there if they were upset so that it was something that we could do outside. Yeah. Being outside absolutely will be really helpful in changing a lot of the behavior. It helps with you know, being able to see other things, they're focusing on other things. Some other ideas too, if, if, you know, it's not a great day to get outside, setting up some activities that you know that they're going to enjoy. So something like a sensory table that they're really, something that isn't something maybe that you do on a regular basis, uh, but you know that it's going to really capture their attention so sensory tables a water table you can do like a digging table you can do play-doh like even at you know one 13 14 15 months old if you're sitting with them they can get into play-doh for sure oh I started play-doh at nine months with my children because it's just something really good for them to be able to be feeling and touching and no, they're not going to take a rolling pin at nine months and roll it up and put a cookie cutter on it. But I would get in there and I would kind of play with them. And that would be a time together that we were playing. And I knew that they were getting so much out of it, even at nine months of age. The only thing you really have to watch for is that they're not putting everything in their mouth. And that's a work (laughs) in progress. But just having them touch it a little bit is totally fine to do at 9, 10, 11, 12 months. Absolutely. I loved like the high chair is great for that. It has the tray. I loved the finger painting on the high chair. I would put paint or um, paint and shaving cream in a bag, in a Ziploc bag and tape that to their tray so they could smush that around and mix colors. And from very young, they were able to do a lot of those sensory activities and those are really easy that you can set up for the other person go through the guidelines and making sure that you know everything's being followed safely and it's something that they can use to redirect after that little bit of offload yeah singing and dancing is another great one because that really captures their attention so if there's a particular song you know that that child likes put that song on and sing and dance and give them some play it loud and be silly and you know get some instruments and bang them around and you can do stuff like that to get them engaged in those activities 
So we've gone through the tips for leaving the house and then the tips for the person that's staying behind. Always being mindful when you do come back, that response again, but also sitting down and saying, okay, what worked? What didn't work? What else could we try? What other activities? You know, how long does it take them to decrease that upset? Because our our goal isn't that there's not going to be any upset, you know, from day one to day two. It's that we're decreasing the intensity of the upset. We're decreasing the length of the upset, but they're still going to take, it takes them, as we said, practice, practice, practice. They have to get used to it. So giving them that time to get used to it seeing what other things you can try, if it's between you and your care provider or the other parent, trying to see any other tweaks you can make to it. Of course, if you need extra help, there's always Elisa and I at restfulparenting.com. We will for sure would love to guide you guys through that. But hopefully these tips are enough. Let us know how it goes. We'd love if you join the Facebook group, all things sleep and parenting on Facebook and drop us some comments or ask some questions. Thank you. Thanks for joining us guys. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us on today's episode. We so appreciate that you've taken that time to come and hang out with us and listen to what we have to say. If you are struggling with sleep or parenting, please know that we have loads of free information on the website um, as well as on the YouTube channel. But if after you've read through everything and you've watched those videos, if you're still struggling, know that you're not alone and that we would love to help. So be sure to check out the website, www.restfulparenting.com. You'll find the link to book your free 15-minute call right there. And if you have any comments or anything you'd like to share with us, please leave them below in the comments. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks.